please turn to Romans chapter 12. So excited, so glad you guys are with us today. Because today we're kicking off a a mini-series within our overall series of going through the book of Romans. We're going to discuss one of my favorites, one of your favorites. What is it? Spiritual gifts. Who loves discussing spiritual gifts? I love spiritual gifts. All right, so we begin our series on spiritual gifts in the church. Please stand with me if you are able to. And we're going to start reading chapter 12 in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12, we're going to start from verse 3. Romans 12, starting from verse 3, it says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Verse 6, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Please pray with me. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord. Thank you for getting us this far throughout the teaching of this entire book of Romans, covering every chapter, every verse, even in the original language, every word that's there, bringing out those nuggets, Lord. We love your word of truth, and we ask that you would please open up our understanding. Help us, Lord, even as we looked at earlier in the sermons team meeting of those four soils, Lord. We we pray that you would soften our hearts, open up our understanding of your word, that we could be like that fourth soil that has an understanding of your word. That your word will fall upon the good soil of our hearts, Lord. Help us to be open to hearing your word, to having your word do its work within our hearts. Your, your word is living, it's active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Minister to us. And as we serve you in the body of Christ, minister through us, for we ask in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. All right. Have a seat if you guys would, please. So I'm excited that we begin our series today on the spiritual gifts in the church. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And we get to look at, if you want to focus here, I want you to to draw your attention to verse 4 as we discuss these things called spiritual gifts. Notice we have many members in one body, even in this church fellowship same thing many members but all the members do not have the same what is that word function so today we're going to discuss function when it comes to the spiritual gifts so this chapter this is just the way it unfolds and we believe this is why it's great to teach through the entire bible and through strategically through chapters because not only do we cover the chapters step by step as god intended for you to read and study and know but also we strategically unpack these topics within the succession of order that God intended for you to see them in. Okay, it's a big statement, but it's awesome to be able to see these things. So now we come to this thing called function. And I'm going to show this on the display. I want to show you one word in the original language. It's not going to be a Greek class, but this is the word for function in the original Greek language. It's the word praxis. 
What English word do you think that sounds like? Practice. Practice. So in other words, what do you practice? It's translated in the King James Version Bible as office. Anybody have a King James Version Bible here? Okay. So you'll see it there that not all members, they do not have the same office, it'll say in King James. Okay. So this is your practice. And praxis, this word defines for you in the church, this is how you are to function. This is what you are to do. It's the work that you do. It's your practice. It's what you got to practice and get good at. Make sense? And my kids started taking up tennis. I remember I was, my mom loved tennis. I grew up with her. It was one of the social things she did. She was an artist, so I remember she drew the logo for her little tennis club. And I was like the backboard. I would, you know, she would like serve and I'd, I'd be there to have a return. <laughs> so I, I did a lot of practice with her. I got okay. I'm, you know, I'm older now. My, my knee and my ankles are not all that great, so I can't really play that much. But that's one of those sports. It's like any other sport, you have to put in a lot of practice. Now, Kimmy's a personal trainer. People come to you and you have to have them practice, right? What would you think if someone came to you and they're like, I did awesome this weekend. Weekend warrior. Yeah. High five. Well, when's the next time you're going to work out? Well, next year. That's probably not enough practice. Okay. So the way that you function, the way that you operate, what you are to do, this is what this one Greek word speaks of. By the way, has anybody heard of a doctor that the doctor talks about their office as their practice? Has anybody heard of this? It comes from this word, this Greek word, praxis. And I have just a, a copy here from my Bible study software. This is out of the Strong's, uh, the mini definition, praxis. It speaks of practice. It says, look at this here, circle in the red. That is concretely an act, by extension, a function, deed, office, work. So this word, though, it comes from another word, even as you can see it here. Okay, This is not going to be a Greek class, but for those of you that don't want to dig in, I want to show you some of the neat things. It's like you go to the museum, you don't have to uh, worry about doing all the excavation and everything. You might have someone there on a digging site for maybe a whole year, and they come up and it's like, look what I found! No, oh, that's cool! Let's take that, clean it up, and put it in the museum. And then you walk on by, you look at it, it's like, oh, that's nice. So that's kind of like how Bible study is. Way better than the things that you see in the museum, but we bring out the gold nuggets, the gold veins. I, I need to do the work the homework, so to speak, so you don't have to. So anytime I come across the golden nuggets like this, I want to be able to share it with you. Why is it that every member, every body part in the body of Christ wants to hear and needs to know this? Because, and I'll put it to you this way, as a simple question, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if this is you. Who here wants to know your calling with God, your purpose? Oh, okay, awesome. Look around the room. Look how ubiquitous this is. Every single born-again Christian. Why? That does not come from you. That comes from God. As soon as you're born again, he starts to do that work upon your heart, doesn't he? If you're like me, when you're in the world, you're like, "Ah, I don't care about that stuff, man. For me, I was like smoking joints. You do all the kind of stuff in the world. I didn't care about any of that stuff. Like Walking with God, I don't want to do any of that. I just wanted the ways of the world. And you come to Christ and he starts giving you this desire for the things of eternity. Amen? Is that anybody here? Things of eternity, the body of Christ, your eternal, the Bible, God's word, 
The Word of God stands forever. It's eternity. Start desiring God's Word. Start desiring Jesus. You start wanting to serve Him. You're like, what is going on? This is radical transformation. This is a heart surgery within. Does that happen to any of you? That's happening. And so what He starts to do is He's wanting you to desire what He's trying to get you to be about. In other words, most of us, it takes us, even Christians, it could take us a long time for some of us, it might take an entire lifetime if you're not aware of these things, of how God speaks to you with the Spirit that's now living within you as a born-again, spiritual Christian. It may take you a long time even as you read God's Word, but I want to cut to the chase and point to what your entire life is about as a born-again Christian. You are on this journey to discover what your function now is within the body of Christ. So whether you learn that in five minutes today or during this entire teaching, or if it takes five years or 50 years, I would rather you know now. Who here wants to know now versus 50 years from now? Okay, so this is why I want to, what's breaking my heart is, is not just for me, but for you guys. That Okay, let's dig out those nuggets and let's show them. This is not museum time, okay? But I'm going to share these things and show you what uh, what we get when we dig into God's Word. So just like this, how this word looks, this is your practice. Just like how a doctor has a practice within the doctor's office. You see these terms, and you see it here even within this dictionary definition. Okay, everybody put up your hand. Look at your hand. Look at your neighbor's hand. Okay, Everybody's got a hand, if you have hands. Okay, Your hand functions a certain way. Some people walk on their hands, but your hands are not designed for that, are they? The Creator designed your hand to do certain things, right? When you're a kid, your hand might start going up here and start digging stuff. <laughs> your hand is designed, is created to do certain things. It's created to grasp things. How many of you, you grasp this thing called a not-so-smart smartphone a couple hundred times a day? <laughs> Your hand will grasp certain things. Your hand can turn a doorknob. Your hand can pick up a hammer and work. Your hand, you can work with Kimmy. She, she'll tell you, pick up those dumbbells with your hands. Okay? There's things that you do with your hands. They're operating, they're functioning a certain way. But if your hands were to be placed, say, where your knee is, some of us know about the importance of the knee, right? Or somewhere else, like say, Say God created you where your hand's sticking off the side of your head. That would not be too functional, would it? It would look a little odd. I'm not making fun of that so much. There might be someone that their body is discombobulated. But that's not the proper fit where that item can function. Does that make sense? So you are on a journey now with the Lord Jesus to discover what body part you are in the body of Christ to discover where you fit. You need to find where you fit so that you can function in the body of Christ. Make sense? And as you function in the body of Christ, where you fit, that's how your life is going to bring glory to God. So that's the hand. The eye. How about the eye? The eye is designed to see things. It's going to interpret things to the brain. And then your your body can operate or react accordingly. That's a function of the eye. How about your ears? What are they designed to do? 
to listen, to hear. By the way, God gave us how many ears? And how many mouths? So in your prayer life, maybe he wants us to listen. Maybe he wants me to listen way more than twice as much than I speak to him. So the ear is designed to hear things and to interpret things. Do you know that if you hear a car coming down the road and it's coming from the east side because he gave you two ears and you're hearing in stereo, as we call it, your brain can interpret the fact that that car is coming from which side? From the left side, from the east side. So your ears operate, they function in a certain way. So the problem is when someone wants to function, say, as a mouth. I used to see this all the time in the Bible college. Uh, I was at Calvary Chapel Bible College in California, and my job was discipleship. God was training me, discipling me to disciple. I would sit down with each person, one-on-one as they came in the college. What do you think God's calling is for your life? And about half of the men that were there, kid you not, about half of the men, oh, I think God's called me to be a pastor. And I, oh, why do you say that? I would hear all kinds of stories. One guy was, I'm glad I don't remember his name, but one guy was just so bold. It's like, oh, I have no shyness at all. I'm a good speaker. I'm like, oh, probably not called, but okay. Sometimes we can have a problem where someone wants to be a, a mouth But God has not designed that person to be that place within the body. Okay, The fit does not function how God empowered that person. Does that make sense? That becomes a problem in the body of Christ. Why? Look again at verse 3. Because that person forgets what verse 3 says before we get into spiritual gifts. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. You see, sometimes God can reveal his purpose, his plan, the spiritual gifts, and his calling for your life and mine, and right away we go, that's beneath me, I don't want to do that. Why? Because I'm thinking too highly of myself. Make sense? In fact, usually, not all the time, but usually, I find that kind of is the case. Remember in Isaiah chapter 6? Whom shall I send who will go for us? In Isaiah 6 verse 8, Isaiah says what? Here am I. It's ecstatic. Like, here am I. Send me. Send me. Pick me. And then God goes on to tell him what he's going to do. Basically, Isaiah, you're going to have a fruitless calling. The principle of availability. God wants your availability, not your ability. Amen? Oh, God, you're going to pick me. Look how awesome I am. It's like, nope, next. Because <laughs> God's the one that's awesome. He wants to credit the fame, the glory, not me or you. Isaiah says, here am I, send me. God tells him what he's going to do. And then what's the next thing that comes out of Isaiah's mouth? Lord, how long I got to do that? (laughs) Now, not all the time, but I find it's very common. The same thing for me. My problem, I'm going back a couple decades, in the 1990s, I came out of a a company called Rockwell. Uh, Who here has been to Orange County? I think some of you guys know Orange County, California. Uh, the largest employer, 5,000 employees, 10 buildings. It was the largest employer for that county. And I targeted that as a computer guy. Why? I wanted to work on the biggest network and at the corporate location. 50 locations worldwide. And then they changed the name from Rockwell to Connexent. Like, you guys remember the fax modem chips? I'm kind of dating myself. Some of you guys, okay. It's a long time ago. Before, anybody remember dial-up? Okay, okay. That's, you would use a fax modem on your computer to dial up. Nowadays, you turn on your computer, your phone, just like instant internet. Before then, you'd have to, you know, log in. 
So Rockwell or Connexent was one of those companies that made those fax modem chips. They did a brilliant job with them. So it blew up. But I was there and God just blessed me at that time. He gave me the aptitude for computer technology. And I dug in, I applied biblical principles, and I started to, to scale up in the company. I loved it. And it was, as I say, one of those write-your-own-paycheck kind of jobs because I could work as much as I wanted. And that kind of blew up my head. Where I'm sitting there thinking, oh, God, you just got such a gift. If I'm going to be working in the body of Christ, oh, I'm going to be... And I made up this logo. I even registered. This is like a long time ago, right when the Internet opened up for the dot-coms. I, I registered a company like Logos Lab, made a logo and business card, Computers for Christ was one of the tag names. And then one of the other things I think was like, computers with a calling. I'm like, this is my calling. And guess what happened to that business? Boom. (laughs) All right. Why? Because there's a call of man and there's a call of God. That's what I wanted to do. All the while, God was calling me to not do computers for Christ. He wanted me to be a mouth. I'm like, I'll do anything but that. I want to work in the background. I want to assist and support somebody else. My problem was this word. I did not know how God wanted me to function. And this could be a problem in the body of Christ where we might look at someone or see people and go, that must be a leader. These must be that type of person. And so people started to kind of pigeonhole me as, oh, that guy must have the gift of administration. He's good with computers. I remember I went to a church and it was my my first job at a church. Uh, we got like the network together, got the website, got a prayer chain going. I'm talking the 1990s, before before churches really got into that stuff. And it was an awesome because there's a lot of churches that still did not even have a website. And I'm thinking, oh, oh, oh look who I am in the body of Christ. This is just my stupid head. And God was like, no, step down, give that to someone else. I'm like, my my heart, I'm kind of like the Lord rebuke you. That can't be from God. So the problem is sometimes, guys, that we might have a wrong fit and because of that, that body part, that person cannot function how God empowers that person. You could bring all your tools and abilities from the world and you could do what you estimate is something good, but if it's not God's spirit empowering, equipping, enabling you, then what is it? It's called the what? Everybody do this. Pinch so you feel it. The flesh. And the flesh profits what? Nada. Nothing. Flesh profits nothing. So that could be a problem where someone wants to function as a certain thing and thinking, oh, look, I'm God's gift to the church. And God might go, you think that, but it's not my power. And so when you operate in that way, when you function that capacity where you want to fit, you get the credit. You're ripping off my glory. And God will share his glory with who? With no man. Okay. So maybe God designs a person to function as, say, a foot in the body or an ear or an eyeball or whatever it is. You just got to be okay with that. Make sense? Are you okay with that? Everybody okay? Thumbs up if you're okay with that. Because I was not okay with that. <laughs> I'm just telling you my story. Okay. And Isaiah was kind of like, oh, how long I got to do that? <laughs> I want to take that, take back that here my send me. That might happen. So just understand how God wants you to function. Practice. Practice can help reveal God's will for you of where you fit in the church, 
of who you are in the church. Some of you might want to be, I want to speak on behalf of God. Maybe he's wanting you to be an ear to hear. Or I want to pray for people. This is I want that to be my thing. That might be where God wants you to fit. Maybe God's wanting you to be an exhorter, a teacher, or whatever it is. But find out what God has empowered you and equipped you to be. Make sense? And that will help you to know what body part you are on the body. Where you fit so that you can function, not how you want to function, but how God empowers you to function. Amen? That's what you're to look for. That's the key. So this will also show you your life's calling. I like quoting this. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 you see here on the display. It says, For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. Christian, that's your calling. It's a reason why you exist. It's not, oh, I gotta get this school paper in, or I gotta get that degree, or I gotta whatever, fill in the gaps. As soon as I get my doctorate, as soon as I get married, as soon as we buy that house, as soon as, we have all these worldly things, don't we? And we all have problems with that. I still have problems. Anybody have a problem with that? We got a couple honest people here. (laughs) We all have a problem with that, right? So Jesus, and the Lord through the word constantly rebukes that so that we do what? You throw away your dreams and pick up his. But God, it took me this much money, it took me this much time. But if it's of God, can he resurrect it? Yeah. Do you know I did that with this church fellowship? Probably some of you are like, oh, really? I was about ready to quit it up or to, to quit in the first couple of years. You know how many times? I don't know how many times. There's too many times to count. Because at the start, it was like, negative fruit every single person that said god told me to be part of this church plant i'm like oh, after a while i'm like i would have zipped a little bit before it was like yes praise god let's go get a pizza let's celebrate <laughs> let's pray let's fast oh yes every single one of 100.0 percent no longer here at the start it was like negative fruit i'm like my heart was like god why did you allow that it would have been better for them to not say anything or not be involved. One guy actually confessed, I try to sabotage the church plant. I'm like, what? It was a good friend of mine too, of this church. That's why I know nobody can convince me God does not exist or that God does not want this church fellowship here because it was not my doing. I was just here along for the ride. But at the start, the first couple of years, it was just excruciatingly painful. I'm like, oh, Lord. It's only going to be done by your grace because I don't want to be here. And we started in a garage, a one-car garage in Middle Village, Queens. Because like, you live in Middle Village. Would you come to a church fellowship on a Sunday morning in a garage? A one-car garage, not a big garage. Way smaller. Than, it's like a little bigger than the office closet. <laughs> it's, you know, small. It was just an impossible thing that the Lord had to do. But you see, you got to discover what God's calling is for your life. You are created in Christ Jesus for good works. That's Ephesians 2, verse 10. And this comes at the tail end of God saying in Ephesians 2, verse 8, we love quoting, you are saved by grace through faith and not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's God that does the work. So he saves you. It's not your work, it's his. For you are 
And then it goes into verse 10. If I skip it a bit, you are his workmanship. And that word for workmanship again, church, it's what? Poema. It's poem. You're his poem. Christian, this might speak to someone here. For you to know that you're his poem. You're his poetry. You're his creative expression. If you could embrace that, some are creative people. Who here are the creative folks? Some of you love creative kind of things. If you could imagine, God, you want to continue your creativity through me. And I'm your poem. I'm your poetry. Your expression through my life. And you created me in Christ Jesus for good works. Who are those people? What is that ministry? Where do I fit in the body of Christ so that I can function the way that I want to be? Because I want to be used by you, Lord. And as you empower me to function in that way, just like you created the human body, the foot. Now I'm learning because I have messed up ankles, messed up knees. Anybody in that place? There's a couple of us here. Okay. As you get older, you will discover stairs can be not so much a friend. So you start to discover certain things within your body and how they fit, how they function. So church, as your function in the church, your praxis, that's what your life is on a journey to discover. And I would rather be a preacher of the word of truth to let you know, to be a physical, audible voice to what the Holy Spirit's already been preaching to your heart. So again, who here, since you were saved, you know that God has put you on a journey to always think about why am I alive? What's my purpose? What's my calling? Who is that? Raise your hand up high, can you? Look how ubiquitous that is. Every born-again Christian. That's one way you could tell someone's saved. Because remember, before you're saved, you're like, that's stupid. Why do you want to serve God? Gather in this building, you're reading a Bible, praying some stuff. It sounds stupid. Did anybody think that this was dumb? That was me, and I would tell people to their face, you're stupid. Now look, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I guess God smartened me up. <laughs> I would rather be a fool for Christ, amen? Because now I know. So this is why we tell people that on the Your Path graphic you see on our website or you see on the, the window, I want to be able to convey, we want to convey to you, if you come and you journey with Jesus with us or even on your journey, whether you're not with us here, what is that path that Jesus has you on? This can help depict it. This is why only those that serve God publicly are going to discover their spiritual gifts and their calling. Why? Because some of you have a speaking gift. If you ain't got someone to speak to, you can't operate. Anybody understand that? Some of you have an encouraging gift. You need to come alongside someone. And if you ain't with other people, hello, like during the shutdown of March 2020 and beyond, the body of Christ couldn't assemble. What happened? People were not exercising their gifts and calling. That's one of the, the greatest barriers to that is stay away, mask up, stay away from everybody. Social distancing. I was like, excuse me? When I came to Jesus, he healed me from social distancing. Is that anybody else? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not the only one. Good. Who else is that? <laughs> he healed me from social distancing. I call that shyness. I use that excuse. Ah, I don't want to talk to that person. That's like, God, a fool. And then you come to Christ, you're like, I need to love people. <laughs> you love me. You put up with me. I must put up with everybody else. So we want to tell you on this Your Path graphic that as you continue on with the Lord, get saved, learn His Word, get baptized at a point after salvation, important, 
declaring Him as Lord publicly, start serving Him. And as you start serving Him, you're going to find out where you fit so you can understand how you function. Make sense? Again, what happens, Kimmy, in, the, in a body part when it, say it's got a cast on it and it does, we got a nurse here too. <laughs> what happens with a body part if it never exercises? Yeah, it, it's atrophied and then you got to go see Kimmy <laughs> or you got to go see Nurse Wendy. So, what happens to a body part in the body of Christ? Spiritually, you can shrivel up and pretty much die. Dry up on the vine, right? So this is one of the greatest reasons why to get discipled, why to start serving God. So as we come to this point, and before we start to drill in and go deeper into the spiritual gifts, I don't want to sugarcoat stuff. I don't want to hold back from you guys. I want to let you know how it is. Those that serve God publicly will spiritually mature. You're going to find where you fit in the body of Christ, or at least you'll discover where you ain't going to fit. Make sense? Like, I tried that. It ain't going to work for me. Well, good. At least you know. And as you try different things, you're going to discover, I don't think I'm an elbow. I don't think I could bend that way. It's just, God's not empowering me. And that's okay. Try out different stuff. So you discover how you fit within the body, the church body, and this is your home church here. Find out where you fit. Find out how you function where God empowers you to function. And we're going to see that in, gosh, not that long from now, minutes from now. We're going to leave here in just a moment and exit the door and have a sidewalk outreach and you're going to see the body of Christ in beautiful ways. Some people are going to be serving by handing out things. Some people want to serve by speaking with people. Some want to serve by praying for people. And a lot of others will be like, wow, I ask you and encourage you to, to just jump in and allow God to not just pour upon you, but to work through you, amen? To be not a receptacle only, but a conduit. Make sense? Come to Jesus when you're thirsty. And what happens? Out of your innermost being, out of your heart will flow what? Rivers of living water. Bro, sister, <laughs> what that means is you're not just a receptacle. Oh, I want to be under the spout where the glory pours out. Yes, receive, receive. He's like, do something about it now. No, I just want to be with you. No, love one another. Encourage each other. Feed people. Help them. Pray for them. Speak to them. Tell them about your best friend, Jesus. So you're going to see that in a bit. So I just want to encourage you to serve God. And as you do, you're going to find out where you function. So today is not going to be very long. I want to focus mostly and entirely on this one word, that Greek word, praxis. Where you function. Now this word, when you look it up, and I encourage you, you could do a a Bible study, a word study on this word. It only occurs six times in the Bible. The only time in the Bible that praxis was used in a similar way was by Jesus. Turn, if you're in Romans, take a left turn. Go to Matthew, can you? I'm going to close here in a little bit. My, my target is really about 12 o'clock. So we could do some outreach. By the way, we're not going to have communion. I know this is first Sunday of the month. There's like too much going on today. Uh, we'll, we'll partake of communion, God willing, next week, Sunday. Matthew 16. This is the only time in the Bible besides Romans 12 where this Greek word praxis, that speaks of function, speaks of doing, your office, your work. It's the only time it's written and used in this similar type of way. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew 16, verse 21. It says, From that time Jesus began to show to his disciples 
that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised, it says, the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Now, praise God that Jesus didn't listen to Peter, right? Or else Jesus wouldn't have gone to a cross. Look at verse 23. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Notice only two things. The things of God or the things of men. And then verse 24. It continues on. The story continues. Then Jesus said to his disciples, he's now using Peter in that moment as an illustration. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Okay, pause. Again, there are only two things in life. The things of God or the things of man. The things of man are one and the same as Satan. Anybody understand that? Raise your hand if you know that. All right. Satan's plan is to get you to not know your praxis. Satan's plan, his job, once you're saved, he can't do anything about your salvation. He wants to shelve you. He wants you to put all your time, talent, treasure, everything about his plan. And what is that? Everything else but the Father's plan. Everything else but your praxis. Now, how many of you know that? He's trying to keep you from God's plan in your life. Anybody know that? I see a bunch of heads. Raise your hand if you know that. You need to know this. Because even as Jesus is speaking this out, this, this speaks to and rebukes my heart at times. Notice this. Verse 26. For what profit... So many of us, including myself, i got to rebuke myself with, even lately. So many of us, we commit so much for our time, talent, and treasure just about the profit. Or we want to gain. Everything, look at verse 26. Everything's about gain. Uh, I can't serve you, Jesus, because I don't have time. Or when I'm independently wealthy, which will never happen. Because as soon as you get there, what do you want? More. Well, as soon as I get a better car. And I, I was there. I had a... a 325 IC, BMW, convertible. I was out there waxing my God. It would rain. I'm like, oh, stressed. It was a beautiful car. But I had that, and what I have after having that, more problems. <laughs> you got to kind of shine up your stuff. You have to build a bigger barn to store your, your own stuff. And then what does Jesus say in that passage? Fool. Okay, that's foolish to do. So, so many of us, this is including me, how I used to be, we're focused so much on verse 26, the profit, the gain. What profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Look at verse 27. This verse is the only other place in the entire Bible where this word praxis is used and Jesus uses it in this context. For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father and, or I'm sorry, with his angels and then he will reward each one according to his praxis. It's translated into your King, New King James Version Bible as what? Works. That's the exact same Greek word, this word. Jesus wants to come back and he finds that you and I are functioning how he created you to function. Not wasting decades. Anybody sick of that? I, I'm sick of that all life. I wasted too many years. Is that anybody else in this room? The Holy Spirit will get you to be there. 
But you got to commit. You got to take that step with the Lord. He wants you, as we look at it, it within the context of Romans. So let's go back to Romans 12. Once you get to chapter 12, I've dedicated my body to him, a living sacrifice. Okay, no longer living for sexual morality. He's got my body, so I'm, I'm no longer, you know, given to drugs, alcohol, sexual morality, and all that stuff. For me, it was like a whole boatload of junk. Verse 1. Okay, I'm dedicating my body to you. I need to live holy, acceptable to God. It's, your, it's logical. That's the Greek word. It's logikos. It's your logical, your reasonable service to God. And now what? Now your mind, you have to allow him. Surrender to the Spirit, verse 2. Allow him to renew your mind. And in so doing, verse 3, we looked at and we discussed how we, you know, I'll speak of my own self, my own dumb sins, I think too highly of myself. Is that anybody else? Is that your confession? And that's preventing us from discovering God's gifting because the Spirit of God ain't going to flow. It's not going to. Why? Because... I'm quenching the spirit because I think too highly of myself. Oh, I don't want to wash that person's feet. Oh, I don't want to serve that person. They don't deserve your word. You know, all these stupid things well up within our heads, right? Is this my, am I the only one that has this problem? I think you, we all do, right? If we can confess it. And then now what? Now we get into verse four and on. You got to discover the fact and not just intellectual on paper, the fact that you have a different function than the person next to you. Look around the room. Even here in the body of Christ. Each and every... It's okay. You, do you know that God created you to function in a beautiful and special way, in a unique way that only you can do? There's only one you in Christ. And someone could try to mimic that, but unless God has that calling for that person, they can't mimic it. They're calling us to be a different body part, to fit a certain way within the body to function how God would empower them. And maybe they'll do a good job from the world's standards. Maybe they'll do a better job numerically. We might look at it, oh, that person's better at this. But they don't have God's anointing. And so instead of anointing, it's annoying. <laughs> Make sense? That's the reality. When someone's fit in the wrong place, then they're not going to be, look at this again, in Matthew 16, if anybody's still there, in verse 27, when Jesus comes back, he's going to reward each according to his praxis. So Satan's plan, just like he tried with Peter to get to Jesus, that's the same passage, the same story. Please understand that. Satan's plan was not just to get Simon Peter to interrupt Jesus. Satan's plan is to get you to not discover and fit where your praxis, your functioning is going to be. So that you could waste decades. Well, I gotta chase my degree. I gotta chase all this money. All the while, Jesus says here to you, Christian, Matthew 16, verse 27, the Son of Man will come in the glorious Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works, to his praxis. You have a calling with God. You're created in Christ Jesus for good works. After you leave here today, you're gonna be bombarded with the world's thousands of messages. But will the Lord through his spirit and what he's teaching you right now today through his word, can he get you to commit to him that you would discover where you fit so that you could discover that praxis, how you function in the body of Christ. Do not let the devil rip you off. And how many of you know you have to build the walls? You have to put up that, that sign that says, no, no way. How many of you guys know that? That you have to protect that. You do. Each and every day. 
So I'm going to close here. I'll close this time with a word of prayer. We're just going to end this time. We'll have a, a time of worship again if we can set up for that. We'll have a time we can respond to the Lord. If someone here, though, wants prayer for that, and I, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, we get into the gifts of the Spirit again. If we discuss these things, and if if we just encourage people how I believe, Lord, that you're encouraging my heart, what I believe the Lord's wanting us to do, I believe there's someone here. I'm praying that God brings people in. Outreach is great. But God has a calling for your life. And that breaks my heart. My calling is to help you in your calling. For whatever reason, God gives me joy to help people. We do this free. This is my entire life is dedicated for this. So if someone here wants prayer for that, as we partake in worship again, I'm going to ask you simply to come forward. And we have oil. I wanted to anoint you with oil. And we could pray that God would empower you by His Spirit, that He would give you the spiritual gifts that He wants to give you. Or maybe He's already given you, that you would simply function. Well, it's not up there anymore. That you would function, that, that praxis. You put that into practice, and you would stop giving Him excuses. I know you're like me. We can give Him excuses. Anybody sick of that? You're sick of yourself giving excuses. I don't. Ha- it's always time and money. I don't have enough time. I don't have money. It's like, you don't need money but the devil's wanting you to busy up all your time so that you could be like how i used to be i don't have time to serve you lord and the devil's like yeah yeah keep serving me and some of you guys don't know that he puts you in bondage to that you know that when you leave you're like oh help me god because i go back to my life i go back to whatever plan it is that you have and you got to be willing to simply let that go whatever that is for me, it was a house, it was a car, it was being uprooted from California. Coming here, I didn't know any of you guys. And crying out here, okay, Lord, you want me to do this? Or whatever you want. I'm not saying it's going to be that for anybody here. But you, just like Christ, he's, he went to a cross, and with joy, he went to the cross, despising the shame. Why? He knew what was past the cross. And you got to understand that when you sacrificially serve the Lord, He may not tell you what's going to happen afterwards. But out of that, is that that's when the spiritual riches come. Things like love, joy, peace. The Spirit of God is going to pour through you like never before. And if that's you, whether it's one person here or a bunch of you, I'm simply, as we start our worship time, I'm going to ask you to come forward. And then we can pray for you. And I want to anoint you with oil and ask that the Lord would empower you. So let's go ahead and continue to worship. And Lord, we ask that you would please, please, Lord, help us, God. Help us to discover that praxis, how we would function, that office, that thing we're to be occupied with. Jesus, you said, occupy till I come. Do business till I come. Stay busy with the things of God. And Lord, forgive us. We, we get so distracted. We ask, Lord, that you would please empower us that you would embrace us even here within the body of Christ. We all desire to know and to do your will, but we need your help. Send the helper. Help us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.